Good day to you ladies and gentlemen and welcome to Film Focus episode 151, the review for Dragon Ball Super Superhero. another episode of Film Focus. I'm your host, The Hypersonic 55, and I'm glad that you decided to join me once again for some film-related discussion. And here's a review I have been waiting to do for so long. Annoyingly, I saw this film on opening day, and I was super jazzed about talking about it, but the problem was it came right in between my work shifts, and I felt really tired, and then I just put it off for a few days, but now we're here to finally talk about Draggable Super Superhero. It's still a dumb title, I know, but it was a really fun movie. Yeah, I'm just going to say it right now. Dragable Super Superhero was fun. And I'm not going to lie, before this film came out, everything that was coming out prior to, I think maybe the second trailer had me very apprehensive. After coming off of the high that was Dragable Super Broly, which is easily one of my favorite cinematic experiences I've ever had and is one of my favorite animated movies ever, just because it had every animator at Toei working to the nth degree to produce some of the most glorious images we've ever seen in the history of Dragon Ball. And I watch that film every so often and it still brings me joy and hype every time from obviously the incredible visuals to the wonderful film score. And some of those action sequences are amazing, but also the way in which, as I said in my own review, the way in which it was able to take the premise of the original Broly movie, but then put it into a more canon-based version of the Dragon Ball timeline and make it work, give Broly a lot a bit more depth, and, you know, just make it so that we had so much promise for future material with Broly hanging around with Goku, Vegeta, Whis, and Beerus, and a bunch of other potential people. Man, so hype, so hype. But then you found out that this new film was going to be taking on a different direction. Firstly, there was the 3D animated element. And for those who don't know me, 3D animation I like, but it has to be utilized in the best way possible in order for it to be, you know, is it something I'm interested in? Especially when you're taking a franchise that is mainly known for being in 2D and then you convert it into 3D. Most times out of 10, that conversion will not go down very well. It will take a very talented team with a good creative vision and the right kind of style to make that kind of stuff work. And it also doesn't help that in the world of animation these days, there is an overabundance of 3D found in film and TV, and it can be just very samey. And unless you're like, you know, Sony Animation that's creating some really unique things like Spider-Verse, it's very rare that you'll get a 3D animated movie that has the right kind of movement, speed, great storyboarding, art direction to create something unique. And when Dragon Ball Super had its first reveal of its 3D animated movie, I was just like, mm, I don't know. It looks pretty solid, but there was something about like the timing of the animation. And even though they had, you know, really well crafted these characters to the point where they looked a heck of a lot better than some of those 3D animated segments in the previous like Dragon Ball Super movies 
they still looked like just a little similar to like something you'd find in a video game. So you're just like, how are they going to take the style of the 2D animation that we've come to really appreciate in the last few years and translate it to 3D in a way that makes it feel true to the 2D nature, but obviously try some new things with it and create a new visual experience that fans will enjoy. I know there's a lot of people, once they saw the animation for this, they, you know, threw out the window. I was always cautious, but optimistic. And with each new subsequent look at the uh, new movie, you know, Superhero, and then getting to learn a little bit about the plot, obviously having like the Red Ribbon Army come back, having the focus on Gohan and Piccolo was interesting. And seeing Gohan in, you know, was it his uh, Super Saiyan and Mystic form, seeing that Pan was going to be significantly involved, having like a grown up version of Goten and Trunks for the first time since the end of Dragon Ball Z. There was so many interesting little snippets here and there and everywhere. And I'm just like, oh, so hype, so hype. So I was very curious. And then I finally got to see the film last week and the film ended up being so much more than I was expecting. It was so fun. It was one of those sort of films that makes you glad to be a fan of that franchise. It understands what fans want. It has so much in terms of like nostalgia, deep cut references, and it really understands what makes the characters who they are and super enjoyable. Granted, not everything in the film was perfect. And for all the nostalgia that they were able to utilize, some of the choices of, you know, was it going back to the old like toy box and pulling out some of these like old things didn't quite work out. And when it comes to the utilization of um, certain plot and character elements, I'm not sure it was entirely like, you know, the right way to do certain things. And obviously I can't talk about them without going to the area spoilers, but I will try to elaborate in, uh, you know, further sections later on. But for now, we're going to go back and talk about the film as we always do on this podcast with the story, characters, presentation and the overall conclusion. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's jump in. Alright, so now it's time to talk about that plot and it can be summed up as the following. This film focuses on the return of the Red Ribbon Army, the evil organisation that Goku took down as a child. They resurface after many years with a new scheme to take out our heroes. Enlisting the help of a young but brilliant scientist known as Dr. Hido, he creates two new androids, Gamma 1 and Gamma 2, capable of immense power. When Piccolo gets wind of this new threat, he attempts to get a hold of Goku and Vegeta, but they are off-world training. So he must enlist the help of Gohan to take on these new androids and protect the planet. And that is a way for me to summarize this film without going into the area spoilers. Guys, I really enjoyed this film. Way more than I expected. The plot was simple yet effective. And I really liked how small scale and just the overall fun factor that this film had throughout. I love the cosmic, epic, ridiculous and layered nature of Dragon Ball, especially when you get to Dragon Ball Z and Dragon Ball Super. That being said, I also appreciate the stories that are a little bit more simple, lighthearted and don't feature world slash universe ending events with all sorts of death and destruction. And while there are definitely some sinister elements afoot, this is definitely a slice of life kind of story that allows its main cast to just exist, go on an adventure be silly and get to do some kick-ass fights. And that's all you really want from Dragon Ball. I definitely think that there will be some people that will be turned off by the lighter, more humorous tone, especially if they've only ever been exposed to Dragon Ball Z and the more serious arcs of Dragon Ball Super. 
But for people who are veterans of Dragon Ball, they know that the franchise has been built on a variety of tones and it's a mixture of adventure, martial arts, but also humor. And there are tales within the Dragon Ball mythos that aren't like super serious all the time. And this film is so funny with some really great physical and verbal jokes that hit with near perfect comedic timing. And the reason why some of that humor works so well is because this film is fully aware of its history and the fan base and it provides some incredible moments that are really bizarre, silly, and you'll love this kind of humor, especially if you're into the original Dragon Ball run or if you saw certain episodes of Super like the one where they brought back Rayleigh or Raleigh. I've never been sure about how she how her name was pronounced, but yeah. And then you have the fan service and nostalgia. This film makes a lot of callbacks to various points of Dragon Ball history, and it is delightful to see how much care and attention went into those visual and verbal references. And, you know, obviously, if you're fully aware of Dragon Ball, you'll notice all these little bits and bobs that will make you smile, make you laugh, just make you go, oh, wow, they took the time to take that from that part of Dragon Ball mythology and brought it into this movie. Very, very good stuff. That being said, the nostalgia is a bit of a double-edged sword. Because of the nature of the story and certain characters involved, it does lead to some things feeling like a retread of what came before, and it does make you wish that things had played out a little differently. And while, again, I can't go into details about what that is, it was just a little surprising to see that, oh, okay, we're going in this direction when you got to what the main plot was, you know, explaining and then you see how certain things play out towards the latter side of the movie you're like i was still enjoying myself and i still had a good time but i just wish certain decisions were you know handled differently and um one other thing as well is that this film requires you to suspend your disbelief and you know just go with the flow when it comes to certain decisions made with uh with the story as you know dragon ball especially at this current point in time, has been retconned and changed. So certain things that you thought was established canon and law, you know, they they sort of either, you know, change or like throw certain rules out the window. You're just like, what? Why? And, you know, if you really think about it too much, then you'll start to really pick apart the logistics of how certain things work. But I have come to terms with the fact that Dragon Ball in its current state, the ideas from Toriyama and what Toriyotaro is doing they're just going to do what they want regardless. So you either have to get on board with what's happening or, you know, you just get off and move on. So once I was able to get past some of my nitpicks about certain aspects of this film, I let the rest of it just wash over me and I still had a good time. So your enjoyment of the story will definitely depend on, you know, where you came into Dragon Ball and your, you know, tolerance for certain things. But if you're allowing yourself to, just, you know, be open to change and let things play out, you're gonna have a good time, believe me. All right, now it's time to talk about the characters and honestly, everybody was wonderful. Whether they were returning characters or new characters, everybody had their moment to shine, there were some really cool interactions and certain character dynamics that I didn't know I wanted until I saw this film. And it was very fun to see a bunch of the secondary cast members or other characters within the Dragon Ball mythos who don't really get that much screen time to be pushed to the forefront and yeah it reminded me of the Dragon Ball Resurrection F film where Frieza returned and before Goku and Vegeta showed up you had 
a bunch of the other Dragon Ball characters who don't really get the spotlight had a moment to take on the Freezer Force and have their moments to have like really fun action sequences. And Dragon Ball Super, in a way, also took time to bring some of those other characters back from the background and put them at the forefront, especially when it came to the Tournament of Power arc. So, yeah, just having moments of characters like Gohan and Piccolo, especially, who were top-tier characters in Dragon Ball Z at certain points of the series, bringing them back to the forefront and have such urgency in a story was wonderful. Piccolo was great. I love the hell out of Piccolo so much. He's been one of my favorite characters since probably the end of Dragon Ball. And even though I watched Dragon Ball Z first, obviously watching Dragon Ball afterwards and then being informed of how crazy his history was and then seeing how much he grew as a character over the course of Dragon Ball Z, seeing where he is at this point in this film was wonderful. He had so many great moments to be serious, to have his moments of action, but also to be comedic. He is a wonderfully comedic character and seeing his interactions with Gohan, with Pan, with Videl and a bunch of other characters, he's great. So damn good. And Gohan, he was wonderful as well. Obviously, Gohan is a character, depending on where you are within the Dragon Ball fandom, is either someone that you like or you don't really care about or you hate because of the way his character sort of went on this downward trend after his Super Saiyan 2 transformation in the Cell Games arc. And then obviously he became Ultimate Gohan, but then after a while he sort of dipped. But then with Super, he came back again. And in this film, he's definitely sort of regressed again. But he has so many badass moments, especially in the Piccolo-inspired uniform that he gets to wear at a point as well. Gohan has so many fun moments. I love him. I he, he's a bit of a dork and he has like these moments where you're just like what the hell is going on with you but you can't hate the guy because he's so fun he cares and he has a really good dynamic not only with his daughter but also with Piccolo as well and speaking of Pan oh my god this is my favorite iteration of her by far obviously she played a pretty big role in being you know one of the main characters in GT where she was mostly annoying and I don't feel like they capitalized on the potential of her being the granddaughter of Goku and obviously being the daughter of Gohan, she could have had like a much more interesting and like, you know, is it well balanced personality, but she was just mostly annoying and not very fun. And at the end of Dragon Ball Z, she had an appearance there at the final tournament before Goku took Oob to, you know, go training for a while. But I didn't really get a flavor for what kind of character she was. So this film builds out her personality as this young, spunky individual who, she's clearly a child, but she's uh, she's had training. She is like, you know, wanting to fly. She's very upbeat, quirky, but she's also perceptive. And she has so many great moments, especially with Piccolo, but also with some other characters, which requires her to do certain things. And I'm just like, again, I can't say what it is, but seeing her in the film, oh my God, she's adorable. She's fun. She's kick-ass. I loved her. And again, them as the main trio, her, Gohan and Piccolo, I never thought I'd enjoy these characters as much as I did, but they were great. There were some great moments with Bulma. Even though Goku and Vegeta were off-world, they had some really great moments. The utilization of Broly was obviously going to be small, but his appearance there was good. Beerus and Whis are always fun. Seeing other characters show up like Goten and Trunks as like older individuals after all this time but them being young forever. Oh, genuine happiness. I was super happy. But we really have to talk about the new characters. 
Dr. Hedo, I really like him. He's a, such a strange, quirky individual, but he's also very fun. I love his obsession with superheroes and how that inspired him to create the Gamma Androids. I just like his interactions with people. He's smart, he's cunning, but he's also a guy that enjoys very simple things and he just has these really interesting quirks that makes him really fun to watch. The Gamma Androids were great with Gamma 2 easily being my favorite of the two just because of how, you know, more outlandish, uh, more charismatic and like, you know, crazy he was. And, you know, the way he was styling on people during his action sequences were really fun. And yeah, man, just, I enjoyed like them and the rest of the other, like, you know, characters that show up in this film, they were all done pretty well. All right, and now it's time to talk about the presentation. And obviously we got to talk about them visuals. As I said before, I think a lot of people, when they saw the first teaser for Dragon Ball Super Superhero, people were like, oh gosh. Some people were okay with the look and some people were just disgusted. A lot of people were just not keen on the fact that we were moving from 2D to 3D. And especially after how god tier Dragon Ball Super Broly looked, going into 3D where you had a lot of video games that have tried to recreate the look of Dragon Ball and it sort of worked to varying degrees depending on who you talk to. That being said, with this film, they had a pretty mammoth task to not only take the character designs and bring them into 3D and create something that looked more distinctive and in some ways better than a video game, but also adhere to the style of 2D animation. And you can see from the first set of trailers that there was a lot of effort to not only try to recreate the style of the 2D animation in terms of its timing, but also position the camera in very specific ways where the storyboards look like they could have been, you know, made for 2D. And there are certain sequences in this film where you're looking at the animation and it does look genuinely like 2D animated material and just like, damn, that is some convincing looking stuff. And it definitely helps with the, it definitely helps with the line work. The line work is everything on a lot of occasions where the outlines that they gave for characters, especially around their facial features, it really helps recreate that sort of uh, manga slash animated look that the uh, show has had for a good few years. And the action sequences have some incredible stuff. 3D animation obviously allows you to do a lot in ways that would be a lot more difficult and time consuming in 2D. And I have to say the choreography of some of these fight scenes, whether they were small scale or the larger scale stuff was really well done. You can see that the crew put a lot of time and effort into you know, recreating some of these sort of distinctive elements that make Dragon Ball Dragon Ball when it comes to long takes, uh, creating that sense of scale, creating really cool hand-to-hand -hand combat scenes that have weight impact and, you know, have that visual flair. And because it's in 3D, they it did allow them to do some unique things with uh, auras and, you know, the uh, beams and attacks and... Ooh, some of it was just really, really nice. I was enjoying myself way more than I expected. There were certain moments, however, when, you know, it was certain movements that characters did where you could feel either the character feeling a little rigid 
or some of those movements where it felt like either a video game or it just didn't have that same level of polish that some of these other scenes had because obviously they're trying to adhere to what the animation style would look like if it was in 2D but because it's in 3D and they're trying to recreate that 2D movement it does lead to a few moments where certain movements just don't look right they flow a little differently and there's certain moments where it felt like the animation sort of sped up because yeah, especially in fight sequences, punches and kicks would rotate and move in a way where it's just like, okay, I see that you're trying to recreate the feel of 2D, but you also have these 3D models that have to try to adhere to realism to a certain degree. So you can't do as much squash and stretch and like distortion as much as you could with a 2D like image that you can distort in various different ways. But I feel like they did a great ass job with what they had. And there were certain moments, especially with the uh, lighting and color scheme, that was mental. Especially one sequence that reminded me of a really epic moment in Shin Godzilla. And if you've seen the film, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But that moment, I was just like, well, damn, this film isn't playing around. And I appreciate that reference very much. Alright, and now it's time to talk about the film score, which was handled by Niaoki Sato. Now, I loved the music from the previous film, Broly, which was handled by my homie, Naruhito Sumitomo. Their work on Dragon Ball Super, especially towards the Tournament of Power arc, was really, really good. And then you had the music that they did for the Broly film, which was pitch perfect for me. It had all the right kind of moods for the different scenes it was utilized in it was foreboding it was atmospheric it was dramatic epic all sorts of cool and distinctive and i love the music for that film i think it is one of the best film scores that they've had for any dragon ball film period so when i found out they weren't coming back for this film i was genuinely gutted and at first uh, Sato's name was not one that I was familiar with and I wasn't really familiar with uh, you know was it any of their work but then when I looked them up on Wikipedia I found out that they actually did the music for Sword of the Stranger which is one of my all-time favorite anime films so I was like man I shouldn't have doubted that person because the music in that film was so good and in this film Sato made some pretty kick-ass music I was surprised it was definitely a change in tone from what I was used to with the previous film as I said but once you started to get into the rhythm of it and then saw what they were trying to do, it was a different flavor, but it was still pretty cool, pretty epic. It had some memorable stuff and especially towards the latter side of the film or during the fight scenes, that music definitely starts to ramp up. It's upbeat, it's heroic, it has a good flavor to it. And even as the credits were rolling, I'm like, yo, this music's actually pretty hype. I definitely want to listen to it outside of the film and, you know, see what's going on. But yeah, Sato did a wonderful job with the film score. It was much better than I was expecting. All right, so now we come to the conclusion. Overall, Dragon Ball Super Superhero was a damn good time and was so much better than I was expecting. If you're a Dragon Ball fan, you owe it to yourself to check this out in the cinema. The vibe is so good. And even though my screening was not as full up as I would have liked, the Dragon Ball fans that were in the cinema with me, they were laughing, they were cheering, they were, you know, super happy to see the film. And as a lifelong Dragon Ball fan, I never thought I'd have the opportunity to see a Dragon Ball film in my hometown. 
but it was a wonderful experience, man. There are definitely some nitpicks with the story and certain things I would have changed when it came to how the plot played out and the use of certain characters. But the way they utilized Gohan, Pan, Piccolo, the two Gamma androids, Dr. Hedo, and a bunch of all these other, like, you know, is it characters, whether they were, you know, in a supporting role or, like, you know, had a little bit more of a direct, like, you know, influence on the plot. They were all good. I just loved the characters. They were handled so well. The tone of this film was so good. It was stupidly funny. And just, I left the film really hyped. I was just super happy with it. And I would say this is definitely on the higher end of the Dragon Ball films. Again, your enjoyment on this film will definitely depend on what you look for in a Dragon Ball experience. But for me, as someone who was cautiously optimistic but wasn't super hyped on going into this film, I was pleasantly surprised. So now I turn it to you, ladies and gentlemen. What did you think of the film? Did you like it? Did you dislike it? Were you somewhere in between? And now it does make you wonder, will this be the sort of new, uh, you know, um, standard for Dragon Ball? Will it go 3D when Super decides to come back? And if so, will they be able to recreate like this level of quality for TV or will it be like, you know, a little less? Personally, if they were to refine it to the point where it could work on TV, I wouldn't be entirely opposed to it. But at the same time, Dragon Ball to me has always been 2D. So I would always prefer that I went back to that format because that's where you can get as creative as you want with it. And considering how good Dragon Ball Super started to look on TV towards the end, I really want them just to refine that, get a good schedule and like, you know, make some magic. But we'll see. We'll see. Anyway, that'll do it for me. Thank you for listening. As always, ladies and gentlemen, check out the podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify and all other places where podcasts can be found. Check out the Facebook page and you can reach me online on Twitter where I'm at Hypersonic 55 or at Film Focus 55. And yeah, until next time, this is the Hypersonic 55 signing out. Peace.